Good Friday morning, Mike Broomhead. Happy Friday, Jamie. It's always good to hear you say that. Oh, it's good to say it, Mike. <laughs> it's it's going to be a good weekend. Thanks for being here. Appreciate you spending some time with the show this morning. Uh, the big news just out, the headlines, which I'm sure you're hearing more about this uh, along this morning, will be is that Steve Bannon, the former advisor to President Trump, has been sentenced to four months in jail for contempt of Congress when he refused to honor a subpoena where he was asked to testify before the January 6th committee. So we'll talk more about that as the morning goes on as we get more information in. Uh, we're going to talk about the economy this morning and a great interview at 9 o'clock. I didn't know that October was construction month, but it is. And we're going to talk with an organization called Build Your Future. And the representative is the president of Canyon State Electric about the importance of the trades and skilled labor here in Arizona and how we get more skilled labor where we need it. And as I, I think I've mentioned many times, I've, I've come from the trades, but in Arizona, the disparity in the workforce right now is what is crucial. We are not nearly, we are not building nearly enough homes in Arizona. That's just one area. That's one sector of construction, but we are not building enough homes. We have a housing shortage and it's because of a labor force shortage, skilled labor. And so how do we fill those gaps fast enough to get the homes built so we don't have a shortage of homes and availability for people here in Arizona? That's just one aspect of this. But if you know someone, if you have someone in your family that maybe isn't going to go to college or is, is, uh, may go to college, but wants to do something different. Um, the, the trades, I can tell you from personal experience, it was the best thing that ever happened to me as a young man was finding direction in the trades. For some people, it's the military. For some people, it's something else. For me, it was when I found how much I loved the trades, when I found I was an electrician, how much I loved it. I went from being a, a kind of a misguided, misdirected 18-year-old, and in the span of six years, I became the manager of a small company. And uh, it was only because I found what was really interesting to me, and I loved what I did. Uh, so we will talk with them at 9.05. That should be a, 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 an interesting conversation. And Wolfley, we do after the Cardinals games, we always do our bird's eye view segment, and we're going to do that with Ron Wolfley at 9.30 this morning or 9.35. So we hope you can join us for that as well. This is interesting. Is the White House... Is the White House considering a ban on fossil fuels? I want to take you back. I know that sounds silly, like a conspiracy theory. I want to go back to the debates before the election happened, when the debates between former President Trump and current President Biden, when the topic came up of possibly banning fossil fuels. One final Would question. Would he close down falls, the oil industry? Would you close down the oil industry? I have a transition from the oil industry, yes. Oh, I will that's transition. a That is a big statement. That's a because big statement. I would stop. Why would you do that? Because the oil industry pollutes significantly. Oh, I see. And here's the deal. But that's a big statement. That. Well, if you let me finish the statement, because it has to be replaced by renewable energy over time. Over time. And I'd stop giving to the oil industry, I'd stop giving them federal subsidies. Subsidies. He won't give federal subsidies to the to the gas. Excuse me, to the to uh, solar and wind. Yeah. Why are we giving it to oil industry? We actually do All give right. it to solar and wind. We and have that's one maybe final the biggest question. statement in terms of business. That's the biggest statement. Okay. Because basically, what he's saying question, is he is Mr. going President. to destroy. The oil industry. Okay. Will you remember that Texas? Will you okay. remember that Pennsylvania, Oklahoma? Vice President Biden, let me give you 10 seconds. to. Re- oh. So that was the debate then where the president said he would transition over time. <clears throat> so the question came. There is a reason why I played that, because the question came up yesterday. This was to, uh, speaking to Karine Jean-Pierre, uh, the White House press secretary, and asking her 
How serious is the White House, is the president, on banning oil? How serious is the administration considering a ban on um, U.S. petroleum products? So um, everything is on the table. Uh, Don't have anything right now uh, to preview. Clearly, our focus today is to uh, make sure that we uh, deliver on the president's promise, is to continue to lower gas prices for the American people. Uh, But again, I don't have anything to preview uh, at this time. So, and I mean this very respectfully um, as a policy question. How are you focused on lowering prices at the gas pump for the American people when just before that you said everything is on the table, including the banning of petroleum, American petroleum products? It's not possible. Now, the transition, and I'm not going to argue the value of transitioning to renewable energy. I don't have to argue. I have my feelings about it, but it's not important in this conversation. What's important in this conversation is why are your fuel bills so high? Should this transition, the way it is being done, cost the American people as much as it's costing them at the pumps, as much as it's going to cost you to heat your home this winter? Is this what they wanted to do? Is this the plan? Well, here's what I – this is why it's a policy shift for me. I think it's a national security issue as well. Here is a headline. Um, OPEC has slashed oil production following a Saudi pressure. The Saudis sought oil production cuts so deep it surprised even the Russians. So now what we have transitioned into doing, because the world is still in need of petroleum products, we are not moving away from that anytime soon. There may be a transition period. I've I've chronicled this. Uh, Go look at the time period it took for those of you that are not old enough to remember the days of leaded gasoline. They used to call it regular. You could get regular or unleaded gasoline. Go look at the time it took to transition from that. With catalytic converters being put into vehicles, but vehicles still being driven that didn't have it in gas stations where they would provide leaded and unleaded gasoline. And then there was a transition period of moving away from leaded fuels. There is a transition period whenever you make major steps. There are transition periods when it happens. And it's usually driven by different things than, than, a, than a, an edict from the government. The president of the United States committed or the White House, they committed two point eight billion dollars in grant money with a ton of federal rules in it to manufacturers of batteries for electric vehicles. And yet they are starving out the fossil fuel industry. They are demonizing and battling with the oil companies. And that is not lowering gas prices. So, again, I can disagree. The the American people spoke. And I, I am an American before I am anything else. The American people have spoken. The Democrats control the House, 50-50 split in the Senate, and they control the White House. To the victor go the spoils. They have an absolute right to take the country in the direction that they think is appropriate for the country to go. I'm not arguing that. I don't think it's the right way. But again, they won the election. So I'm in the I'm in the minority of the American people in that regard in some ways. But when you say in one breath, everything is on the table, including banning petroleum products, American petroleum products. And then the next breath, you say our focus is to lower gas prices for the American people. The two do not go hand in hand. You can't you shouldn't say both. 
being honest with the American people would be, yes, this is going to be a very difficult transition. And yes, it is going to cost the American people a lot of money. We're going to try to minimize that expense. We'll try to keep prices as low as we can. But when you transition away from an industry, they're not going to pour billions of dollars into research, development, refabrication, and all of these other things that would be necessary to refine and to provide more fuel when we're telling them that we are on a pathway to run them out of business. So we have stopped subsidizing the oil companies. This is according to the president. We've shifted those subsidies to solar and to EVs. And you have to expect that it's going to affect the industry. The idea that this is Putin's price hike, that's what they've been calling it, that it's the war in Ukraine that's causing this to happen is just not the truth. And I think and, and what frustrates me and this is, you know, I've been pretty open about my criticisms of my political affiliations. This is my problem with people running for office, high office, both state, local, uh, you know, national office is that if you are on the right side of the aisle and you're really trying to listen to what the American people are talking about and thinking about and wanting, you have to look at this issue. First and foremost, this issue of inflation and gas prices and which direction we're headed, it is infuriating to me to look at this and think we have an opportunity to point out a better option or a different option. Instead of this putting this on the backs of the working class Americans who can barely fill their tanks or small businesses. If you own a small business where you have vehicles on the road, salespeople, we're going to talk to the head of, of Canyon State Electric just after nine o'clock. If you have a service department with multiple trucks on the road, what is this doing to your bottom line as gas prices continue to go up or remain very, very high? These are the things that people should be talking about and giving an alternative. That doesn't mean you're going to be right in the minds of everyone, but saying to them, we have to as long as fossil fuels are needed for national security issues, national security concerns, as long as people need petroleum products, we need to be energy independent with petroleum. And then if you're going to move away from it, move away from it in a way we can and do it while we still have control of being energy independent. That's the message I would send. And they're not doing it. In a moment, we're going to shift to the border. Afghan refugees are stuck in Guatemala, and they've got a message for the president. They're not happy about our immigration system either. We'll talk about it next. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, appreciate you spending some time with the show this morning. Um, talk about the border quite often and the mess that's there, but I think we look at it the wrong way at times. And I try to redirect my focus at times to make sure I'm focused on what's important. When there's a political issue, it gets heated, and you start to pick sides, and we we argue the wrong way. I mean, I, at least I'm guilty of that. When you look at the entirety of what's happening at our southern border, it's a mess for a number of reasons. But I think part of it is that we focus on the wrong thing. We focus on the people that are coming here illegally, and then we choose sides. Some of us that are our are, are border security fanatics, so to speak, the ones that want border security, um, we see the crime that's coming across the border, the fentanyl, uh, with the human trafficking, the disgusting things that happen to women when they cross the border, uh, people – 
being uh, forced into slavery, so to speak, because they are trapped because of what the cartels are doing. And if you're on the other side of the argument, what you see is the plight of desperate people wanting to raise their children in a much better atmosphere. And we focus on that and we argue about that. The problem is it's much bigger than that. And our immigration system should be a source of pride. The number of people that want to join us. You know, Ellis Island being such a tourist attraction, the Statue of Liberty, the idea of people crossing the, the, the globe to get to our shores and what that meant to them to become Americans or to come here to work. That has been a source of pride, being an immigrant to this country, having all of the – when you look at the different parades and the different groups of people uh, throughout the, the country that have parades in honor of where they've come from, from their culture, from the countries they've come, but they are doing it in America as Americans. What we see at the southern border is a disaster and an embarrassment. Um, we should be a nation of refuge. I, I believe in our refugee laws. I think we should be in war-torn countries. We should be a nation of refuge for people trying to escape war-torn countries. Uh, one of the headlines today is we lost everything. Afghan migrants stuck in Guatemala have a message for the president. Um, and uh, one of these, one of the refugees that is stuck in Guatemala said, my message for the government of the USA, please open your doors for us and help us. We don't have a country now. I don't feel we have a country. When I am from Afghanistan, I feel like this too. I don't have a country. We are humans of this world and we need you, we need the help of this world. I had a good life. I never wanted to leave my country. And when we look at our asylum rules here in the U.S., we know that those asylum rules are being abused. We know that people are coming here illegally knowing what to say and how to say it so that they get through a hearing system. We can talk about the economy of it. I do. We're giving out smartphones to people. It's costing over $300,000 per day to run that program, um, which is a drop in the bucket in the American budget. But it's a lot of money to the American people in a program that shouldn't be this way. But when you start looking at the different people and the different ways people are affected, it changes. When you think about the fact that we haven't settled the dreamers and the Arizona dreamers have an absolute right to be angry that they are still in limbo. The DREAM Act happened under President Obama. It was fought and argued about through the next two presidencies of what we were going to do with DACA and the Dreamers. The Dreamers are a perfect example of a broken immigration system that needs to be fixed. And no one in this country wants to sit down. I shouldn't say no one. The leaders in this country are not sitting down and fixing this problem. The Dreamers being given the citizenship that they're going to get, no one is going to kick those people out of this country. But what we have done that is shameful is we have created a much bigger generation of dreamers that followed. That's what came next. And now we have all of these people that have come here that are in limbo, sometimes for years, awaiting an immigration hearing. And, you know, some of those people do not have status as it speaks, as, as it stands, that they are here now illegally. They know that they are not entitled under U.S. immigration law to have any asylum. But if you make them wait two or three years and you give them temporary status, many of them are going to marry. They are going to have children. They're going to put down roots. And then we're caught in the same same trap we were before. We're separating families and we're going to send fathers or mothers away with American children behind. And we can't do that. And on top of all of that, in the middle of all of that, you've got people that are entitled to U.S. asylum. People that are entitled under our asylum rules to refuge here in this country. 
and they are waiting in that same extended long line waiting for status because it's been clogged up by people that shouldn't be there. There is so much that's wrong with our immigration system. There is so much that's wrong with how we're handling what should be a great thing. There is a workforce there. There are people that want to come and contribute and immediately live a better life and help provide a better life and a quality of life in America with the work that they'll do. Skilled labor, unskilled labor that will learn a skill, whatever it is. We are not taking advantage, in a good way, taking advantage of the possibilities at the border. What we've done is let it devolve into a nightmare, and it should be something that we're proud of. It should be something that the world envies. The world should envy our immigration problem. The world should envy the way we handle people that come to this country. And what we're doing now is pretending that there is no problem. That's what gets me more than anything else, that this blindness that we've seen from Washington, D.C., where they pretend they can continue to say everything is just fine and everyone knows that it isn't. And I don't care what political party you're from. We all should be upset about this. We are upset about this just for different reasons. But it's it, it's time for us to stand up and do something and have the America that we tell the world we are, that we know we are in our hearts. It, it's bothersome. I, I don't mean to get too dramatic about it, but it, it makes me it really it makes me crazy. Coming up in a moment, Gatos is going to join me. It's our Big Q poll question of the day. The Gatos Big Q poll question brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Hey, good morning, Gatos. Boy, the one time you and I don't go to the game, they look like a Super Bowl team. I, I said to Sharp this morning, I figured out the Cardinals' problem. It's me. I think it's uh, me, too. Yeah. I, 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 first game I've missed, and yeah. they haven't won in a year. No. First game I've missed. Score over 40. Same with me, man. I'm in the same boat. Oh. First game you and I have missed in a long, long time, All and right. they score four. Jeez. Oh, well, then maybe what we should do is offer to sell our tickets back to the Cardinals at double face value. Yeah, because I don't know, man. Maybe we're just bad luck. Yep. But, oh, they looked good yesterday. and They did. Uh, hey. We're Cardinals fans, so that's a good thing. It is a good thing. You know, I would. I and I, I'm still trying to figure. I don't know if you if you saw the the little argument between uh, Kyler it. Murray. I, and you know what's funny? I looked at it in two different ways. One is I love to see the fire out of the quarterback. Me too. And the other part of it is I wonder if other head coaches in the NFL would have taken that from anybody else. I can't. I can't even imagine Bill Belichick allowing Tom Brady to yell at him like that. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure they've yelled at each other before. I'm sure they have. Yeah. yeah. I, listen, Kyler Murray is, uh, you know, proving to us he's a competitor and he's uh, he's not okay with losing. And I want to see the guy scream and yell if something goes wrong. And it, it's not him having a tantrum. It's, hey, we got to get going here. And it seems like clock management is something that Kyler uh, uh, needs, uh, that Cliff doesn't know how to do. And I think Kyler Murray gets upset. So. You, uh, uh, what did you think of the uh, welcome back Hoppin sign? Yeah, I saw that. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Our youth can't spell anymore. <laughs> you're, left you're, you're, left one letter out. Your wife's a teacher. She must have just cringed. Oh, gosh. I hid it from her because I knew it would drive her crazy. All right. Here's the question. Right, Nothing about the Cardinals, right, though. But, okay, uh, let's hear it. Arizonans are getting millions of political texts yes. ahead of the election. So you're getting a phone call. I had a phone call at 10 o'clock last night, mm-hmm. uh, and it's all about elections. So how many have you gotten? A, none. B, just a couple. Uh, C, half a dozen. And D, my phone won't stop buzzing. Right. My phone won't stop buzzing. I'm getting more and more and more and more. 
and it's really annoying. From what I understand, after you vote, you don't get any. Oh. That's that's what I understand. After you actually vote, the phone stops ringing. Well, that stinks because I go to the polls. You're going to have to get it. Uh, you're going to get it all the way up until Election Day. Yep. You got, I think it's 18 days, but who's counting? Yeah, that's it's, it's tough. Well, what's funny about it is um, I get those text messages that says, hey, I'm so-and-so. Yep. Can this candidate count on your vote? And, right. And I'm like, okay, delete yeah. and over it over and over again. Right. So. Or you just say, no, no, that can't. And it is dead to me. Or, or and, you, I, know, you I, try and screw with them, and that makes it a little more fun. Yeah, I was going to vote for that person until I got these texts, and now I'm changing my If I get one more of these texts, I'm changing yeah. my mind. Yeah, if you text me again, I'm voting for the other person. Yeah, it's like the person that won the lottery that said, hey, I'm going to give a lot of money to charity, but any charity that reaches out to me doesn't oh. get a penny. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty smart, right? That's pretty smart, man. All right, Gatos. I'll see you in the building a little bit later. All right, man. I'll see you. All right, that's Gatos. And the big Q poll question of the day is brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Just after 9 o'clock, Robert Hughes, president of Canyon State Electric. And what is Build Your Future? It's a great organization trying to get people into skilled labor. It's coming up.